0: Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service which is already underway and listen to the message. I
1: want you to get your Bibles out. We're going to be looking at the Word of the Lord today. We have several scriptures I would like to read, but... Um... You retain more of what you hear when you actually see sometimes uh, the things that are being said, and especially as it pertains to the Bible, the Word of God. If you have a Bible, if you have a phone that has a Bible app on it, I would encourage you to open that app, and that app only, Um, I'm sure the news and the stock and the sports and all that stuff is on there as well, and uh, texting and whatever else might be going on. But the, I encourage you to open your Bible app because the Word of God is important. And I want to look at Proverbs 8, verse 1. I'm going to pull my title from this passage. Proverbs 8, verse 1. Does not wisdom call... Does not understanding raise her voice? Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? And this morning I want to speak on this subject, does not wisdom call? Does not wisdom call? And for those of you who have children of any age, you realize that getting someone's attention at that age can be a little bit difficult at times. It's easy to get distracted, people get distracted in this room. People are distracted. It happens. But especially little kids, they can get easily distracted and when you try to call them for dinner or call them to do something, you're trying to get their attention and doesn't always go well. I can remember getting in trouble from my parents for not paying attention when they were calling my name. Maybe I was doing something and uh, I didn't hear them or didn't want to hear them, and so I would not respond. You ever had a, a waiter or a waitress that maybe you are trying to flag down? You want to grab their attention. And um, you know, we all have moments in our life where maybe we remember where we've tried to get somebody's attention and couldn't. Next month on July 13th, Kristen and I will celebrate the 20th anniversary of the day that we met. Ain't that aw- Isn't that awesome? We celebrate July 13th every year as the day we Met we met out at Buckeye Lake, Millersport, Ohio Apostolic Campground, and it was I had noticed her before she noticed me. I was playing the organ for the camp, and and uh, I, I noticed her the day before. But then uh, I believe it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday, July thirteenth, that we were out on the ball field, and I was out on the ball field, and. I noticed her, and I was trying to figure out how do I get her attention. How do we? How do I navigate this? And uh, I'm not sure. I think I was reading a newspaper because that's what you do when you're cool. You read <laughs> newspapers out at Buckeye Lake. Was I reading a newspaper? I, about my attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we didn't have phones. I mean, that's logical. I was 20. I wanted to know what was going on in the world. And uh, so reading the newspaper, and um, she was distracted. (laughs) She was distracted with another guy. (laughs) A former boyfriend, as I came to know later, who I was actually staying in the same room with. That was that was awkward. But I still tried to get her attention and so I forget we started talking or something and then I realized she's getting ready to walk away with this guy. She's getting ready to walk away with him and so I felt like I should try to do something. So <laughs> I will. I'll tell him what I did. I'm not ashamed of my game. So I was, you know, in between softball games, and so I was a little thirsty, so I asked her to get me something to drink. We had just met, and I thought, you know what, if she's going to be the one, then we need to see... If she, could, if she can serve the Lord with gladness. And so, but the real objective of that was because I knew if she took my money to buy a drink, she would come back. And so that was the, the real reason. But um, I, just, I just wanted attention, I guess. So, but she did. She brought back the drink and... and Here we are today, 20 years later. So apparently it worked. I'm selling my playbook after service for any young people that would like to order a copy. I'll sign it for you. But there are voices in our life that are powerful and more powerful than others, and you probably have those voices in your life. Maybe it's a parent when they speak to you, you, you hear their voice differently. Some of you, it's a, it's a spouse who you, you know their voice. They, they can make their presence known pretty fast in your life, and you take, take attention. Grandparents, or maybe it's a boss at work, or people that... You admire. But here's what I understand today is that the word of God, the voice of God, is meant to be a powerful voice in our life. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 4 says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? The word of the king, the word of God is meant to have power in our life. And I believe that today you and I are here because of the power of the word of the king. We know today that we were created by his word. Genesis chapter one tells us this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. God said, let there be light. And there was light. I believe in the word of God that what God spoke happened. We were created by his word. And you can read that whole account in Genesis chapter 1. And we realize that God said, and it was so. There is power in the word of a king. The psalmist said, in Psalm chapter 107, verse 19, says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. Verse number 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. And not only are we created by the word of God, but we're healed by the word of God. God brings healing. He brings that miraculous touch in our life by his word. And we're not only healed by his word, but the prophet Isaiah would tell us, for thus says the Lord who created the heavens Who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none other. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Look to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none other. I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That to, that to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall take an oath. What we realize is not not only are we created by the word, we're healed and touched by the word, but we're saved by the word of God. His word will not return void. He has declared our salvation, and we can receive that salvation today. And here's what I understand, that God's word was not just something that happened years ago, but what we realize is that God is still speaking today. The question is, are we listening? Are we hearing the word of God? Earlier this year, Kristen and I did a series at Growth University called Whisper. And if you didn't, haven't heard that series or, or listened to it, I encourage you to go back on the podcast and listen to that series. But in that series, we discussed ways that God speaks to us. And I want to remind us today that God still speaks, and specifically, God wants to speak to us individually. As we taught, that series was based on the the book by Mark Batterson called Whisper, that God still speaks. The first way that we realize God speaks is through Scripture. When we are reading the Bible, we are hearing the voice of God. At the Calvary Church, we take a high view of Scripture, that this is the Word of God, that this is the true Word of God. And when we read it, we are reading the Word of God. God. There is power to reading and studying and listening to the word of God. There is a power to you sitting in this room today and listening to the word of God declared from the pulpit. There's a power in it. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, three sixteen, 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Scripture allows us to hear the Word of God today. I hope that you're reading your Bible. I hope that you're reading the Scripture every day. I hope you're listening to the word of God. We also discussed a few other ways that God speaks to us. One of those ways is through desire, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time On These points but God speaks to us through our desires we we realize that our desires can be deceived but God wants to use our desires to allow us to hear what his will is sometimes for our life Psalms chapter 37 verse 4 says delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart he will put desires in you. And so God will speak through desires. Another way that God speaks to us through doors, he will speak to us through opportunities that come. Sometimes these are opportunities that are open. Sometimes these are opportunities that are shut. First Corinthians chapter 16, 9 says, for a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries that God will sometimes speak to us through open doors. Sometimes God will speak to us through our subconsciousness He will speak to us through dreams This is found often in the Bible You can look at characters like Jacob and Joseph and Peter Who all had dreams where God spoke to them in this manner It's in Acts chapter 2 When they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time That Peter quotes from the book of Joel or the prophet Joel And he says, and it shall come to pass in the last days." says, God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And what happens when the spirit comes upon us? He says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, that God will speak to us through our dreams and visions. And then we realize that not only does he speak to us in these ways, but he also speaks to us through people in our life. We are not, to me, not meant to live this Christian life in solitary confinement. It is not meant to be a prison sentence. It's meant to be a relationship to God and a relationship to one another. That God has built his body in a way that we would encourage one another. We would lift one another up. We would speak to one another and help one another. Why do the spiritual gifts exist in the church? So that we can speak. Speak the word of God to one another. Why do we have tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy so that we can hear the word of God? God has created us to speak to one another his word. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Not only are we to speak to one another, we're to sing to one another. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dispacing, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God." And so the word of God comes to us today through people in our life, spiritual people in our life. Another way that God speaks to us is through promptings, that God will speak to us through feelings that we have or thoughts that move us to action. And so we realize that Ephesians chapter 5, we just read a portion of it, but let me read another portion where Paul said, See then, you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is is, that there are times in your life that God will speak to you through a prompting to go somewhere or to do something or speak to someone. And so the word of God is very important. And then finally, we discussed in that series that God will speak to us through our pain. It's important for us to realize how much pain is important to us. It is something that God will use in our life to speak to us. It was in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that Paul would speak, and he said, "...and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure." Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities, and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong." I don't like it, but sometimes God speaks to us through our pain. The point is that God is still speaking today. He wasn't just a God who spoke the world into existence, but he's a God who wants to speak to you and I in this room today. And it's vital to us. I think it's easy when you come to church to assume or to just kind of bypass the importance of the Word of God, because the preacher's supposed to say that the Word of God is important. That's kind of your job in life, is to tell people that the Word of God is important. But I've had a fresh clarity, I believe, of the importance of the Word of God, that this is not just some kind of... Uh, a little deal that, hey, you should read the Word of God, but it is absolutely imperative that you and I are hearing the Word of God, just as I Will yell out to my kids if it's dinner time, just as if they were crossing a road and a car was coming and I'm yelling to them. My hope is that they've tuned in enough to my voice to hear my words. I'm telling you, it's that imperative that you and I hear the word of God. It's not a small thing. To hear the word of God And the question that I keep coming back to Is are we listening Are we really hearing The word of God And here's what I feel like The Lord helped me understand In a fresh way Is that The enemy Is going to be very calculated In your life To make sure that you do not hear the word of God. It is the enemy's number one objective, I believe, that you do not hear the voice of God in your life. Or you do not understand the word of God in your life. Because the enemy knows better than anyone else, Satan knows better than anyone else, the power of the word of God. See, the enemy in the garden was quick to begin to erode Adam and Eve's confidence in the word of God. His first statement to humanity was, has God really said that? That's what he led off with. Is the word of God really as important as he is saying it is? Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? The enemy is pushing against us with everything it can in this culture, in our carnality, in our humanity, to make the word of God a mute point in our life. The prophet, the great prophet Daniel was in mourning in Daniel chapter 10. Some think that Daniel was in mourning because so few Jews had returned with Ezra from exile. Others believe it was because Ezra faced severe opposition in rebuilding the temple. Regardless, I want you to understand this and, and as it relates to the word of God. If you've got your Bible, open your app, Daniel chapter 10, verse 8. Because I want you to get a glimpse of the, the enemy, The tactics of the enemy. Daniel chapter 10 verse 8. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision. No strength remained in me for my vigor was turned to frailty in me and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sounds of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground and suddenly a hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees and on the the palms of my hands and he said to me O Daniel man greatly beloved understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you while he was speaking this word to me I stood trembling then he said to me do not fear Daniel from the very first day that you set your heart to understand everyone say set your heart to understand The very moment, Daniel, you set your heart to understand the word of God. You set your heart to understand the plan of God, the will of God. The moment you did that and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. God hears our words. God hears our cry. He wants to heal us with his word. And that angel said, I have come. Because of your words, but what happened? But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in later days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. While Daniel was there, he had cried to the Lord, and God had heard heard his cry. And what did God do? God sent his word. I believe through an angel, God was sending his word. But what did the enemy do? The enemy said, I don't want Daniel to get the word. I don't want Daniel to hear the word. And so the enemy fought with Daniel or fought with the princes of the, uh, the angels to war against him. So the word could not come. But Daniel kept prevailing, kept prevailing in prayer and fasting and kept prevailing until that word could come to him. And I want to help some of you today. You're needing a word from God. Some of you are desperate for a word of God. Can I tell you today, number one, God has heard your prayer. God hears your prayer, but the enemy does not want the word of God to come to you. But we must prevail. We must continue in prayer and fasting until that word comes to us. And he said again, "Let my Lord speak, verse number 19, for you have strengthened me." It would be Paul, the uh, the great apostle Paul, who would give us the description of the armor of the Lord. Some of you are familiar with the armor of the Lord. But he says, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. To stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places." Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and what? The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. What does he say to do with that praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And then many of you have heard me say this, but it's an amazing thing that this great apostle Paul would say, I don't want you to just pray for the saints. He said, but pray for me. Why? That utterance may be given to me, that I may be, o- be able to open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul was concerned that the word of God be able to reach those who were desperate for the word of God. But what does he say? The enemy is going to push against the word of God. The enemy is going to push against to make sure the word of God doesn't reach its intended target. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness. And finally, what stood out to me, what caused me to pay attention to how important the word of God was as I read this parable, I've read it many times, but Jesus shows us the absolute importance of hearing the word of God. And he tells this parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13. I want you to turn there with me in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And then he ends that parable with this word. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Does not wisdom call? He who has ears to hear, hear, let him hear. And after he tells that parable... He goes into the purpose of parables, and I'm not going to go into that for sake of time. But then he explains the parable of the sower. And I want you to follow along with me. Therefore, here in verse 18, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone, under, anyone hears the word of the kingdom, that's the seed, anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand, Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. That the kingdom of God is known. The kingdom of God is realized by his word. And those who don't understand the word of God are like those who have the, the, the seed is planted on the hardened ground. The enemy comes and steals the word. Takes the word. Before the word can ever take root and accomplish anything, the enemy steals it. Then he says, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. He received the seed. He had received the word, but with a stony heart. Offenses in our life will keep the word from accomplishing its work. Bitterness in our life will keep the word from accomplishing what it needs to accomplish. Resentment, unforgiveness will keep the word from really producing what it needs to produce. Because here's the reality. When the word of God comes in our life, the Bible says that tribulation and persecution will come on account of the word. And some of you know that to be true. The moment you begin living for God, people come out of the woodwork to make you feel like you've made the biggest mistake of your life. You can clean up your life. You can quit uh, abusing drugs and and, and drinking alcohol all the time and, and doing all kinds of things that are messing up your health. But the moment you clean up your life, all of a sudden people get worried about you. Because the word brings tribulation and persecution. People in your life will try you because the word of God is being received in your life. And he says, Those who have rocks in their life, rocks in their heart, the word wants to produce something, but it can't. And immediately they stumble. Immediately they fall. And then he says, now he who received the seed among the thorns. What are thorns? It's the curse of sin. Is he who hears the word. But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. The cares of this life. The quest for riches. The word of God. Is wanting to accomplish a great work The word of God is wanting to come In our life but something chokes it Out and what stood out So clearly to me Was that there were three Hindrances to the word of God That all of us Will face Every day if not Every hour in our life Something will come to try to hinder The word of God From accomplishing its work The first hindrance is the enemy. Satan himself is soaring above our lives looking for the word of God that's just laying down and isn't going to take any root. And what's he going to do? He's going to snatch that word as fast as he can. The enemy's goal is to keep you from understanding the word of God. Keep you from hearing the word of God. The second is through trials and persecution. But how does that come in our life? Trials and persecutions come from people. People in our life will try to keep us from obeying the word of God. The storms of life will come. And people will hinder the word of God. The enemy in our life will try to keep the word of God from finding root. People in our life will try to keep the enemy or keep the word from finding root. And then you Your carnal nature is going to fight against the word of God finding root in your life. Our flesh does not like the word of God. The curse of sin says I would rather live my own way. That's the curse of sin. It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, where pride is on parade and chokes out what the word of God wants to accomplish In our life. It's the cares of life. That choke out the word of God. What I realize is Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us how powerful the word of God is. For the word of God is living and powerful. The word of God is living and powerful. And it's sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Its precision is so great that it can divide the soul and spirit, it can divide the joints from the marrow, and it can divide the thoughts from the intents of the heart. The Word of God is that powerful. And that's why we need the word of God in our life. Everything in your spiritual life hinges on your ability to hear the word of God. Let me say that again. Everything in your spiritual life hinges on your ability to hear the word of God. The enemy wants to take out the word. People around you are going to try to get you to give up on the word. Your flesh is going to fight against the word of God. But it's the word of God that's going to enable you to accomplish the work that God needs you to accomplish. And that's why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we do it. We don't pray so God can just hear us. We pray so we can hear God. We pray so we can hear what God's will is for our life. We lay down our will to hear his will because the will or hearing the voice of God is that important. That's why we come on Sunday mornings. That's why we come to Growth University on Wednesdays. That's why we teach Bible studies. That's why we read the Bible. We read devotionals. Anything that allows the word of God to be planted in our life. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse number 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth So are my ways higher than your ways My thoughts higher than your thoughts For as the rain comes down And the snow from heaven And do not return there But water the earth And make it bring forth in bud That it may give seed to the sower And bread to the eater So shall my word be that goes forth From my mouth It shall not return to me void But it will accomplish What I please and it shall prosper In the thing for which I sent it What are you hearing today What are you listening to Faith comes by hearing And hearing By the word of God I think most days We can If we're not careful, we can live our life as if we're the smartest person in the room. But He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. My ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. The word of God is the wisdom of God. It was what Solomon prayed for. I want the wisdom of God. I want to know what God thinks. God wants to help you and tell you what he thinks See in Proverbs chapter 8 it begins by saying We read it Does not wisdom call Does not understanding raise her voice Wisdom is trying to call us Wisdom is trying to reach out to us Understanding of God's word is Calling our name, trying to help us Sometimes we're not listening Proverbs, the writer of this Proverbs, verse number 20, 22, he said, he's talking about wisdom. It says, the Lord possessed me. The Lord possessed wisdom. Think about this now as I come to a close. The Lord possessed wisdom at the beginning of his way before his works of old. Before he ever spoke anything into existence, his wisdom Was present. We realize in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And darkness did not comprehend it. God's wisdom. His manifold wisdom. His thought. His ideas were present before the worlds were formed. And he spoke it into existence. How powerful his words are. And he's still speaking today. Would you stand with me? Luke chapter 4 verse 17. As I conclude with this last verse, these last, this last passage. Jesus came onto the scene. The word of God made flesh. The thought of God made visible. Jesus is handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And what does he say? And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That the word of God that was from the beginning Is now present in this room And I've come to preach the gospel I've come to preach the good news That you can be saved No matter what you've done in this life You can find salvation That you can be healed from a broken heart You can be set free from addictions Why? Because the word of God is present in this room today Today, God's word is present. His power is present. His spirit is present today to do what? To create. He wants to create a new life in you. He wants to bring healing into some broken messes in your life through his word, through his assurance, that spoken word that we feel that says God is going to do all right. And then finally, he's going to allow his word to save us. Some of you need his touch of salvation today. And he promised his word would not return void. So, wisdom calls today. Wisdom calls today. If I were to invite you to say, Would you rather have eternity in hell or heaven? we'd probably all say heaven, hopefully. Because wisdom calls. His Spirit is calling in this room, and I want to pray for you. I'm going to invite you to bow your head with me before we come to the altar. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that His Word is allowed to take root in your life. God, I pray now, God, that your wisdom would reign in this place. I pray that somebody would have the courage to exchange their thoughts for your thoughts, to exchange their ways for your ways in this room today. We've tried it our way, Lord, but it hasn't quite worked out the way we had hoped. But your wisdom is calling in this room today. Your wisdom is speaking to us, Lord, that there's a better way. There's a better way to live. It doesn't mean that we don't face trial. It doesn't mean we don't face heartache in this life. But it means that we can find a peace. We can find a joy. We can find a hope. We can find love. God, that this world cannot offer. God, I pray somebody would exchange their wisdom for your wisdom today. Their understanding for your understanding, Lord. Because we are desperate to hear your voice to hear your word.
0: This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music,